My boy, there are three work rules at this studio. Rule number one, as gratiatis, art for art's sake. Mr. How you doing? One million dollars a year we spend on stories we never even film. Why not? I'll tell you. They don't make me cry. What makes me cry? Emotion. Where do I feel emotion? Here, here, and here. Rule number two. You may have heard MGM has more stars than there are in the heavens. Do not believe Mr. this. Mayor. I, we have only one star. That is Leo the Lion. Never forget that. Many stars have, and now they twinkle elsewhere. Rule number three. People think MGM stands for Metro Goldwyn Mayer. It does not. It stands for Mayer's Ganza Mishpacha. Mayer's whole family. Never forget that. You got a problem? Come to Papa. This is a business where the buyer gets nothing for his money but a memory. What he bought still belongs to the man who sold it. That's the real magic of the movies, and don't let anybody tell you differently. <laughs> I love that movie. I love that quote. That is from Mank, uh, directed by the amazing David Fincher, shot by uh, Eric Messerschmidt, who uh, has been on the podcast. If you guys haven't heard that episode yet, definitely go back and listen to the Eric Messerschmidt co- um, podcast episode. And we talk a lot about Mank and how it was shot. Um, I love that sequence. I love that quote. There's a lot that is being said there by the actor who was playing the owner of MGM at this time period, talking about how the only star at the studio is the lion, Leo the Lion, which is the logo of the studio itself. And then that really interesting quote at the back end of it, which is like, the only thing we're selling is memories. It's the only business where what we're selling, we still own after the sales. So... Pretty interesting shit. You are listening to the Thursday uh, catch-up episode of In Love With The Process. I'm your host, Mike Petchy. What's going on? How are you? What's up? Uh, yeah, I wanted to come on quick and just sort of catch up with you guys, see what's going on, talk about a few things. How's your week? How's your week been? What did you guys think of the episode earlier this week? I have been recording episodes like crazy. I just recorded one uh, this morning. Uh, with a guy from uh, Zeiss, Zeiss Lenses, and that'll be coming out in the next few weeks. Um, I've recorded one earlier this week with a director, um, and uh, I'm in the process of trying to book more and more episodes as we push forward. Um, if there is someone that you want me to get on the show, I say this all the time, if there's someone that you want to hear on the show, uh, drop me a note. Send it to the podcast Instagram that's in love with the process, POD on Instagram, and uh, I will try to get it to you. Um, So what's going on? What's up? I was watching Mank last night because I was in the mood to watch something good, (laughs) right? And uh, I really got lost in it, man. There's so many great things. Obviously, it's a throwback movie, right? It's supposed to feel like a movie from, what is this, the 40s, I think, right? Yeah, don't get, don't don't quote me on that. But he does a really good job of it subtly without being too on the nose. Like uh, I, I I know you can go off the deep end trying to replicate the vibe of film, and uh, with all the film grain and grit, he just does very subtle things. Like he does like the film reel turnover, the cigarette burns is what they call them. So after. Each reel of film used to be about 15 minutes. And so at 15 minutes, when you start to hit that 15-minute point, 
there'd be a little marker that the projectionist would know when it was showing up so that he could swap projectors. We could play the next projector. Um, and uh, at those points, it usually got a little dirty and gritty and nasty. So you put some of those effects in there subtly, you know. It's not, it's not anything new to do that digitally. I mean, Rodriguez was doing that with his Grindhouse movies, um, but he went way over the top. I feel like Fincher is just tastefully bringing it in. The thing that he does in Mank that I think is even more subtle and even more powerful is the echo effect that he does to the audio and to the voices. And he gives the voices the sound that they used to have when they were being shot in large studios. So even though it's taking place within a house or even in an outdoor location, a lot of times they would build those spots in a studio uh, because they can blast it with like tons and tons of light realistically because the film stocks required so much more light back then. But the voices would have this echo quality, almost like this stage-like quality. Um, and he subtly does that in this movie. And at first I didn't really recognize it. I was like, why does this feel vintage? Why does this feel like it's from that time period? And it's not necessarily his pacing and his cutting, because he's still pacing and cutting it like Fincher does with all his all his other stuff. Um, and the lighting is in the vein and the vibe of that old look, but they're using, I think he shoots with reds. So he's using like very hot, like very susceptible to low light cameras. He doesn't need the giant arc lights and all that stuff. So when you see a lot of like these back room backstage sequences, he's lighting them with light bulbs and very small units, which I think is cool. Um, but it, I was like, why does it still feel like it belongs from that time period? And I think it's the audio. I think it's what he did with the sound design and the dialogue editing and the mastering. It's really cool shit. If you haven't watched this movie yet, I highly, highly, highly suggest it. It's on Netflix. Um, I'm sure it doesn't show up in your queue. I'm sure your algorithm isn't telling, unless you are like, uh, like a rabid fan of David Fincher. I'm sure the algorithm isn't presenting it to you. Um, but definitely look it up. It's Mank, M-A-N-K. Um, and it is fucking fantastic. I can't say enough amazing things about that movie. Um, ooh, sorry. I got stuff going on in the background here. Let's go back here. Um, the other thing that I'm watching, because many folks are asking me, what am I watching these days? I'm also enjoying Copenhagen Cowboy, which is Nicholas Refen's new series. Uh, it's rad, man. It's it's um, all subtitled. Is it is it from the Netherlands? Is that where it's from originally? Oh my god, it's not Swedish, um, but it's it's really interesting, in only the way that uh, Nicholas Refen can make things interesting, which is very sort of long, drawn out, fashion heavy, um, and uh, really fun to watch as long as you get your mind in the right mindset uh, to watch it. I'm just typing it in right now. I don't want the audio to start. There you go. So. Um, let's see, what's the subtitles? Because I want to know what language this is. Danish. There you go. That's right. So the movie is in Danish. Um, it's pretty wild. It's like, I'm only like two or three episodes in, and I really haven't, he's very slow to reveal things. Um, but it seems like the woman who's playing the lead has special abilities, special powers that... Uh, are being exploited by this sex trafficking uh, 
I think they're even selling drug, drug selling family, which is interesting and fun and weird and creepy and scary. Um, it's fine. If you like, uh, any of his stuff, if you like Neon Demon, if you liked, I, I, I'm afraid to reference Drive because Drive is the most commercial thing that he's done. Um, you know, and of course the major audience, like mainstream audience loves looking at Ryan Gosling. Um, this is more like God only forgives that one. So if you dig it, check it out. Both of those are on Netflix right now. I'm always talking shit about the streamers, but I think it's important that every once in a while I start to point out the good stuff that most likely your algorithm is not presenting to you right now. Uh, I'm pretty excited about both those things. And I think that Netflix today just put out their trailer for stuff that's coming out, and they do have clips from um, Zack Snyder's new piece, Rebel Moon, which I, a bunch of my buddies had worked on that. So every once in a while, I, over the past half year, I've been talking about this movie that I'm not allowed to talk about. Um, a lot of that is Rebel Moon. Um, the other interview I did this week is directly connected to Rebel Moon um, because I actually interview, uh, for the first time ever on our show, I interview a script supervisor and she is the most epic script supervisor uh, that you could possibly get to sit down in front of a microphone. She's been doing it for 45 years. Uh, she's done 11 Spielberg movies. She's done two or three Ridley Scott movies. Um, she has done uh, Waterworld, you know, Blade Runner, um, all of the Hunger Game movies. Uh, so it, it's a really great conversation. It's uh, one of those old school Hollywood uh, really sort of dig deep and give us some fascinating insight and stories into how the business really works conversations. And that one, I think, comes out next week. I think that's next Tuesday, just to give you guys a teaser for what's on the way from the show. Um, yeah, let's see what else is going on. Oh, also, I still have... Um, Pins. So I still have my pins, and you, I'm sure you guys have seen them. They're the the, the flaming skull microphone head pins um, that I only give out to guests and super fans. And I think it's about time we give out some more to some super fans. So if you think you're a super fan, if you want to be a super fan of the show, uh, send me a message on the In Love with the Process Pod Instagram account. And tell me, hey man, I think I'm a super fan, or I would like to be a super fan. What do I need to do? And super fans get a pin from us here at the show. And to give you some insight, most of the time, super fans are folks that are doing the the extra legwork, right? They really love the show. They're promoting the show pretty hard. Uh, they're sending me uh, guest recommendations. Um, there's a bunch of ways to do it. So if you're interested. In being a super fan and getting your hands on the one of a hundred pressed pins that I have, um, that's the best way to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's it. Let's see, where are we at? About 11 minutes. We'll talk a little bit more. Um, so I'm excited. This week is pretty insane. I'm actually going to hang out with a lot of different folks and have a lot of different meetings. It seems like we're getting to the edge of like the no work January right now. Because a lot of people are coming out of their caves and they're all feeling the same anxiety. Let's get back to work, right? 
Um, and so today, for some reason, this week has just been insanity. I'm like triple booked uh, for meetings and stuff. I'm not bitching about it, but it's just like you go from nothing to something so quickly in our business. Um, and I was just like saying yes to everything. And then I just looked at my calendar and went like, I've got fucking five things scheduled today. Um, so, uh, it's going to be a, a pretty intense week for the rest of the week, probably all the way through the end of next week at this point. Um, but rest assured, I've got the episodes pre-recorded. They're in the queue. They're ready to rock. So you guys won't even notice. If I didn't say anything, you wouldn't even know. You just assume I'm still sitting around in my underpants. <laughs> Um, and, uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh, uh, here's another thing. So many of us are freelancers, right? Um, don't wait till the last minute to do your taxes. If you're not getting work right now, prep your taxes, um, and make sure you have a good accountant this year who really is going to look out for you and stick his neck out. Our accountant guy that I've had for years has told me that the IRS has done a whole new line of hiring, right? So they've hired a bunch of auditors. And I think it's ultimately because the government's trying to get money back after they gave us so much money during COVID. Um, whatever, that's the theory. But um, they're saying that they're not accepting a lot of the same write-offs that they used to accept from folks like us. And you have to do a lot more legwork now. Um, one of the things that they're really cutting down on is client meal write-offs. So if you're going out and writing off meals, when you go out to have meetings and pitches, which you can do, technically can do that stuff, they're now getting incredibly specific. Like who had what, what's happening. They're actually asking for journals. This is everything that I've recently heard. So um, make sure you are as prepared as possible. You're doing all your legwork for that. You're making notes of why you've driven to a certain place, what you did at that place. Even if you just go back and create a journal, I've heard that you can just do even a handwritten journal that sort of outlines what's happening so that you have a point of reference. The thing that sucks is they never audit you that year. You always get audited like two years later. So make sure you hold on to all your paperwork. Make sure you hold on to all your stuff um, because it's two years later that that shit comes around. Um, and I am very much an old school guy. I know there's a lot of different programs out there and I'm curious, what are you freelancers using to do your taxes? And more importantly, folks that aren't just working for people, maybe you're getting W9s or maybe you're getting like uh, 1099s. Um, what about the folks that are doing their own small productions? Let's say you're doing you know, your own shoots, you're the producer of the shoot. What kind of programs are you using to log all that stuff? Because my method is still pretty old school. I'm still printing out uh, bank receipts. I do budgets for each job. All that stuff is sort of paper trailed, which I still like to have. I don't trust, you know, the banks, right? Because a lot of folks are like, yeah, we'll just do it online. Multiple times I've seen a lot of these newer banks and these newer online services get sold or uh, go out of business. And so then all those tax records are gone. It's two years later and you're going to get audited and you don't have any of those tax records. That sucks, you know? So I've been that guy that still does paperwork, but I'm, I'm sure that there's a new method that everybody's using. So tell me about it. What do you guys have? Do you guys have a great method for being a freelancer and doing your taxes and your write-offs and keeping track of your write-offs? 
There are apps out there where it'll track your mileage and you can log your mileage. Um, it just it just sort of hits a point with me. Like Gina uses food. Gina uses like calorie trackers and food tracking. That just hits a point where it's like, how often am I going to have to be on my fucking phone, like putting in mileage, putting in food amounts? Is there an easy way to do this? Is there like a one-stop shop for everything? Um, and if I find it, I'll let you guys know. But that would really make my life a bit easier. It would be nice to go into this year with a new plan so that I don't have to take fucking like two and a half weeks at the end of the year uh, to sort through all my bank statements and put my tax information together, you know? Because that's what happens, right? You got to go through, print out all your bank accounts, go through the process of logging each and everything that you did, what are write-offs, what aren't write-offs. And it's worth it if you're a freelancer. And if you're a director or if you're a writer, you can write off stuff like your Netflix subscriptions. I write off comic book purchase. Anything that's research, I write off, you know, um, because it's why I use it. I just literally queued up that clip from Mank to use it here on the podcast. So it's a write-off. Um. Yeah, bear in mind, as I say this stuff out loud, legally, get a good accountant. Get advice from a good accountant. Don't just take my advice. Hopefully what I'm telling you uh, stimulates you to think about it and to go out there and seek great advice. And uh, a, great accountant, a great accountant is worth his weight or her weight in gold. Um, I pay a few hundred bucks a year to have a solid accountant that... We'll sort through all of my subcontractor forms. We'll sort through all of my stuff, and I can call him at any point of the year. Um, it's a, it's better. It's a better thing to do than like H and R Block or one of those walking off the street things because you can actually go to these people for advice uh, as you're setting your stuff up. Pretty rad, you know. So definitely look into it. Um, all right, that's it. I don't want to rant and rave too long. It's been about eighteen minutes. We're good. Um, stand stick around, stand by. Got a bunch of stuff on the way. Uh, I think we're closing the T-shirt link this week. So if you were holding out, if you're like, no, nah, wait till the last minute to get a in love with the process T-shirt, now's the time to do it. I'm gonna order a few extras, but I'm not gonna order a lot of extras. So uh, if you want to buy a 12 km T-shirt, if you want to buy in love with the process T-shirt. You live in the U.S. or Canada. Now's the time to buy it. You can find the link for that at Mike Petchy on Instagram in my Instagram bio. There's a link for all of that stuff. All right. So go buy your shirt now, man, because it's pre-sale is ending and uh, I have to ship shirts out to those of you who have bought them. So, all right, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. And I will see you next Tuesday.